Matchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Anne DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to Sowing Hope. I am Bill Snyder, and this is sowing hope and uh it's great that you've joined us here uh for this episode tonight we're uh, so blessed that you are with us and i'm blessed i'm with you so uh thank you so much for uh joining us and uh being with us tonight uh, we are we are super excited that uh you are here and i am always joined by my co-host Ann DeSantis. Uh, and welcome in and thank you so much for co-hosting tonight you're welcome of course great to be here good evening everyone Hope everyone's doing well. Yes, yes. Uh, we hope you're all doing well, staying safe, uh, staying staying home when you can still, even though some of these orders are being lifted off. Uh, remember to stay safe out there. And uh, we're so blessed that uh, you've joined us tonight. And Anne, I know you've got another awesome guest for us tonight. And why don't you introduce him? Yes, he is awesome. And I'm, I'm very blessed. Uh, we have Father Matt Guckin. He is with the Office of Catechetical Formation. He is the director. And uh, he is also the acting pastor of St. Francis de Sales Parish in West Philadelphia. So welcome, Father Matt. Great to have you here with us. Thank you, Anne. Thanks for the invitation. It's great to be with, uh, with everyone. Yes, you have so much to share. And um, I'm excited. Now, of course, you were one of my guests on another TV show that I, that I hosted before. In fact, you were my first guest. So uh, on the positive side. Um, and, and now I'm hosting another show, which I'll just make a little announcement about, uh, Journeys in Faith on Fiat Ministry Network, uh, on Friday evenings at 8.30. So, um, but it, tonight is just a great night. We're so blessed to have you here with us and, um, would love for you to share everything that's happening in your life right now, because not only are you the director of the... Uh, Office of Catechetical Formation are in our own archdiocese here, but as I mentioned, you are so also an acting pastor. So, how is life for you right now, Father? Incredibly, uh, incredibly rewarding, rich, beautiful, and busy. I would say, uh, you know, the, so I'm sort of splitting my time between being a pastor here and in West Philadelphia of a very eclectic parish in West Philadelphia. We're right on the edge of University City, which is a, a, a section of West Philadelphia, which is comprised of three universities, the University of the Sciences, which is right here in my parish, uh, 
the Drexel University and uh, the University of Pennsylvania. So typically it's uh, very alive with young people, but since the lockdowns began, um, you know, the students have all gone home. Um, and so there are a lot of university types, a lot of university personnel who, uh, who are in the parish. And then a lot of, um, uh, a lot of just regular folks who are just awesome people who are here in the parishes as well. So, um, so that's taking really most of my time and we, we transitioned, we had to transition just to keep our community together. We had to transition almost overnight to an entirely different platform of evangelization. Uh, by that, I mean we had to transition to um, uh, evangelization uh, using social media. And we, I think we were successful at doing that. But when I began here at the parish, two weeks after I started in the parish, uh, the lockdowns began. And so I quickly assembled a, a, a crisis response team who, with the, the stated purpose of keeping our parish family together and then uh, with four specific goals. Number one, uh, liturgy and prayer, which I think we've been able to do, uh, making use of the various uh, social media platforms. Another was... Um, uh, service and and outreach uh and then there's the uh the, the important component of finance and keeping that keeping that going um because i wouldn't have a computer if it weren't for our finances um and then in addition to that the job that i have for the office of catechetical formation serving the church in a broader way uh in trying to catechize um uh schools colleges, universities, and, and so, for example, we just uh, published yesterday a virtual May procession involving all of our elementary schools throughout the archdiocese. So, we're, you know, we're just trying to do the best that we can. I, I had a discussion with our archbishop when this all began, and the advice he gave me, I think, was the best advice, and that is do your best, and we've tried to do that here. Well, I think you have. Um, and, and based on what I've seen on, as you said, social media and just on all the outreach that you do. And, um, particularly I'm thinking of something that you did in the last month or so called 10 plagues for 10 days at 10 AM with the archdiocese of Philadelphia. And it was something that I really look forward to every day. I wondered if you could share a little bit on that because uh, I know it's still available probably on YouTube and people can still take a look at it. Yeah, thanks, Anne. It's a, what happened was, uh, again, I, I tried to make use of social media, right? Um, and so we have a little prayer group at 7 a.m. every day it's on Facebook Live. And um, anywhere from 25 to in the morning, probably like 45 people gather for prayer. And I just do morning prayer from the Office of Readings. And then in the evening at 9 o'clock, we have night prayer, and that, we get about anywhere from 30 to 75 people join, hop on board. Um, Jesus said, feed my sheep. He never said, count them. Uh, so right. I'm very aware of that, but I am human as well. So you know, I like to 
look for some measuring sticks as to whether or not we should continue doing or, and that seems to be one of them. So one of the things we're doing in the, the nine days leading up to Divine Mercy Sunday, beginning on Good Friday, I started to do at three o'clock the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. And then on the Feast of Divine Mercy, um, I met a young woman in our parish here in church. We had the church open. And she said, I'm really going to miss not doing the chaplet with you. What are you going to do next? You see that? No, no good deed ever goes unpunished. <laughs> um, and these are all ways, really ways of holding me accountable to a life of prayer. So I put it back in her court. I said, Teresa, what do you, what would, what do you suggest we do? And she thought about it, honestly, for 10 seconds. <laughs> and she said, how about a series on the 10 plagues? Mm. And I just thought, wow, that's really brilliant. And the fact that the idea came to her in church, I thought sort of validated it as being inspired. And so I started doing some research on the 10 plagues, and then our office was able to turn that around really quick. Um, and then it got some legs. I mean, the archbishop picked up on it um, and promoted it for us. And then uh, somebody from Siri, the Catholic channel on Sirius Radio heard it. He, he called me, asked if I would be on a show, Gus Lloyd. And so it just sort of, sort of snowballed a little bit. But the best thing for me was I started learning more about the plagues. Um, and it, I tried to uh, situate it in the context of COVID-19 and then use that as a platform to talk about such things as the pride of Pharaoh and how that's not, it's not dead. That's alive within all of us, um, myself at the top of that list. So, so I used it as an opportunity to talk about a variety of things. And then when that was over, people asked right away, well, what's the next thing? And I thought that was a lot of work. Uh, I need to back up because I have a parish to run here. And then just recently, as we were talking before the show began, I do enjoy doing that, Anne. I do enjoy doing because I learned so much from it, you know. Um, I started thinking about and then today really started researching a, a series um, on the devil. Um, and I know that sounds, you know, we just don't speak like that typically uh, unless we're joking around. But I think... Um, my, one of my favorite books is C.S. Lewis, The Screwtape Letters. I, I, I Honestly, I've probably read it 30 times in my life. And so I know how insidious the devil is in my own life. So I started to research that, and I think that'll be coming out pretty soon. Hey, I will look forward to that. And I want to make a shout out to the people who are listening uh, to please check out uh, 10 Plagues for 10 Days. Uh, on YouTube, I think it's probably on the Archdiocese of Philadelphia website or YouTube channel or somewhere, right, Father? Because I know. yeah, um, so well it's done. It's thank you. It's um yeah, it was just Bishop Delaman, an auxiliary bishop, an assistant bishop here in Philadelphia, um, was here at the parish yesterday, and he brought it up. He said, "I he said I didn't see them all, but what I saw, I really liked." So I. I thought that was a validation of all the work that we did for it. Um, as far as um, the, yeah, th there are 10 videos, uh, 10 minutes at a clip. 
right? So it's, it's, I think it's accessible. I think it's palatable. I don't think it's overwhelming. Um, and they can be found on my own YouTube channel, Father Matt Guckin at YouTube. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Can I say the one thing that struck me, aside from the catechetical piece and the religious and the prayerful piece, was just that the graphics and everything were just so <laughs> well done too. Honestly, really, it was professionally done. Thank you. Oh, yeah, wow. I, mean, um, I should have worked on Madison Avenue, I think. Well, it's funny. My best friend, since first day of freshman year of high school, Chris Judd, uh, he has said that a number of times to me. Things He said, you should have worked on Madison Avenue or comedy writing or something like that. Yeah. And, and I, I do think it's a gift that I have is creativity. Uh, and I say that truly in all humility. You know, humility just simply means being honest. And maybe I'm wrong, but I do like that. Like when, so when Teresa said to me, it's something on the 10 plagues, I thought right away, like 10 plagues, 10 days, 10 minutes at 10 o'clock. I just something that was, was you know, it doesn't have to be 10 o'clock, but uh, to watch it. But yeah, I think I am, you know, I wish I could retain theology as, uh, as well as being creative. But yeah, it's what the internet's for. That's yeah, that's right. Thank God for Google, right? <laughs> in some ways, in Most some ways, it. not in every yeah, way. In but <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's that's a great topic. And like I said, I invite people to uh, connect with him. It's Father Matt Guckin. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier, he's the director of the Office of Catechetical Formation in my own archdiocese here, the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. Now, I know that you have a lot to tell us about a specific saint, um, and you had sent me a book. Um, it's Saint Juniper Cerro and the California Missions. I know that you took a trip, uh, I guess it was maybe, what, a couple years ago, and you learned so much. You have a lot to share on this saint. Uh, so please, just share whatever you can about it, Father. Sure, sure. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I could talk about this forever. Um, anytime my friends who I made out there in California or who I had out there send me pictures of places they are, I it just, my heart is flooded with nothing but great emotion. It's just so, uh, it was such a powerful time in my life. So I made, I was 20 years ordained and I've had a number of different jobs in the archdiocese, and um, so I've been an assistant pastor, I've been a full-time teacher, I've been a campus minister, and, um, and then I've been in administration for the past five years, so I applied for and received permission to make a sabbatical, in, and when I first, the idea was actually pitched to me by my spiritual director, Father Herb Sperger. He said, why don't you make a sabbatical? Now's a good time. And um, I said, I would love to. But I don't know what I would do on a sabbatical. You know, what am I going to do? Watch football the whole time? Um, which <laughs> I could. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so what happened was my, my director, spiritual director said, well, what, what interests you? And I said immediately, I said, the California missions. And the reason why is this. Um, I, I'm a graduate of Penn State, 
And when I worked, after I graduated from, uh, from the college, from the university, I moved down to Washington, DC. And um, I, I was doing a lot of tra traveling, working for a consulting company. And quite frankly, it's very lonely. You know, when at first, when you're 22 or 23 years old, it sounds great, you know, but then in and out of airports is hard, to be honest with you. But I remember being a, I had a client in a, around Dana Point, California. I was staying overnight in Dana Point, California, which is uh, probably like halfway between LA and San Diego. And I was over a weekend, I was staying there. And so it was by myself and I was driving around and I literally stumbled upon a mission, um, San Juan Capistrano. Uh, and so I, I went into the mission and I was like, wow, this is something I was not aware of at all. But those memories stood, stayed with me. And anytime I've traveled to California to, to visit friends or to um, uh, on business back in the day, I always made it a point to visit various missions. I, I don't know. It just, um, it's such a, 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 a life of courage that these missionaries had. So when my spiritual director said, what would you like to do? I immediately thought of the California missions. And I said, well, what would I do? And he said, you're a creative guy. Go make it happen. And so I started, I have friends out there, some of whom are priests. I started making connections um, and then wound up, uh, just it had to be providential because um, the person who was going to be directing me on studying the missions and in particular, St. Junipero Sarah was the uh, postulator for the cause of Sarah. Sarah was just canonized in 2015 when Pope Francis was in Washington, D.C. Um, and so uh, it just, really, it's just through a series of connections. Father Ken Laveroni, who himself is a Franciscan, wound up becoming, agreeing to be my director. And then I needed a place to stay. And he wound up uh, saying, let me talk, speak with the pastor at San Carlos Barameo Mission in, uh, Carmel, California. He said, I think he, he has an extra room for you. Well, Anne, have you ever been to Carmel, California, by any chance? I have not. And if I, if, when I was in California, if I did go there, I, maybe I just drove by. I don't know. Exactly. I would say probably not. Honestly, it's probably, and I'm not making this up, and I've done a lot of traveling. It's got to be one of the most spectacular places on the face. I agree with you, Father. I totally agree with you. It's, have it's you been a, there, Bill? I have. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's a beautiful place. My uh, my uncle lived in San Francisco for a while, actually a lot of his life. And uh, I went out and visited him and he was like, ah, take a drive down and go see Carmel. And man, that is one beautiful place. It is beautiful. Well, Bill, I was lucky. And Ann, I was lucky. So I, uh, the pastor at the mission, which is only about not even a quarter of a mile from the ocean, uh, gave me a room to stay in and provided I would help with daily mass and Sunday mass, which is going to say mass anyway, not a big, right. Um, so I, I used that as my home base and then started, there's 21 missions up and down the California, up and down the coast that Hinepro Sarah and his successors established. And those missions became 
became the founding of, of great economic centers like San Francisco began as the mission of St. Francis of Assisi, uh, Santa Barbara, the mission of St. Barbara, um, San Diego, Los Angeles, they all began as, as missions. And so I got a chance to study them and study the life of Hinipro Serra, who was the father of the missions and really the father of the state of California as we know it. And Serra, he happens to be buried at the mission in Carmel, uh, St. Charles Barmeo, San Carlos Barmeo. Um, and just, it was just such a, such a great time. And then I wrote a book, uh, which I passed on to you. Uh, and yes, uh, thank you had so a much. Chance to, to look at it's um, I could talk, I could talk for hours. So I don't even know which direction to start here. Like if you want to say what was the best part, I would say yeah, uh, that's a good all one. the people, the people I met. Um, as Bill mentioned, I mean it, it's just a magnificent place in terms of beauty. I just saw some pictures. I was going through my Facebook feed. Uh, right before we began here, and I saw some pictures of some friends had posted right on Pebble Beach. Uh, a couple was getting married, and I just I, I could just stare at it forever. It's it's just so beautiful. And then going to the different different missions, and they're all very unique, uh, and they all have different histories. Uh, two of them are state parks right now. Some of them are active parishes. Some of them are dying parishes. Some are in bustling cities like Mission San Francisco, which is, you know, the core, the, the, in the Mission District of, of San Francisco. Others are in far remote places like St. Anthony of Padua, which is in Holon, California. So you see like different things. And, and you see like uh, if, you're, if you could read one section, one chapter of the book in, uh, and Bill, I can send you a copy as well. It would be the one I'm most proud of, which is toward the end. Hinipro Sarah and the New Evangelization. Mm. Yes, you told me about that. It's at page 113, I think, right? Yeah, it's, and the reason I say that is because when we talk about the New Evangelization, it's, it's no different than the old evangelization, but our tools are different, right? It's, it's proclaiming yeah. the good news of Jesus Christ. But, but on, and so what Sarah did, for example, was, when Sarah got to, and let me back up a little bit. One of the things that piqued my interest about the canonization of Hinipro Sarah is this, and I don't want to go too far afield politically speaking, but I think it, it bears noting. The criticism of, of Hinipro Sarah, and there is a lot of criticism of his canonization because it's, it's lumped in with uh, that terrible era of colonialization. Okay. okay. So, so Sarah's uh, criticized highly as if he himself was a colonialist. Sarah was interested in evangelization, not colonialization. So the criticism of Hinipro Sarah and his canonization from a political standpoint comes from the left. Okay. He was canonized by Pope Francis who to some extent at least is a man of the left. So the fact that Francis was the one who canonized Sarah, I found to be very intriguing. Hmm. Uh, and so, you know, when, when you go out there, if you go out there and you study his life, if you read my book, um, 
you, you first of all, you realize that Sarah is still criticized very much. So some of the missions are still vandalized. Uh, that oh, includes boy. Carmel. That includes Santa Bar Mission Santa Barbara. Um, he kind of gets a disproportionate share of the blame of colonialization, which I cover in my book. Having said that, the culture into which Hinepro Sarah went was a pagan culture. They hadn't heard of the gospel. They hadn't heard of Jesus Christ. They hadn't heard the Spanish language. I think as we try to evangelize this culture, I'm not so sure they know who Jesus Christ is. Hmm. I don't think they understand our language. So what Sarah had to do was, Sarah had to learn their culture. He had to learn their language. And he had to live out Christianity in a way that attracted the Native Americans out there. And by the way, the two I interviewed while I was out there, and you can read it in my book, um, they preferred to be called Indians to this day, which is, that right? which is counterintuitive. I can remember the one I was interviewing, Andy Galvan, in uh, San Francisco. Uh, we were at a, at the lunch a restaurant there, and I kept calling him a Native American, and he said, Father, I really appreciate if you would call me an Indian. I said, okay. Uh, it just is kind of counterintuitive. Right, exactly. Um, so Sarah had to learn their culture. He had, it takes a great amount of patience and diligence, learn their culture, including their language, um, in order to proclaim the good news to them. I think, Bob and Ann, I think that's where we are right now with, with the culture. Yeah. I think we have to, we don't acquiesce to the culture, we don't cave into the culture, but we have to learn it, we have to be patient with it, we have to learn, you know, be convinced of the gospel of our, ourselves, and we have to serve the people. And we have to engage is, in it, right? There's a there's an engagement level with it too, Father. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah, and it's not just a matter of uh, it's not a at all a matter of imposing Christianity on the culture. It's a, that is a recipe for failure if mm. we do that. Instead, it's proposing the Christian message mm. to others in all of its beauty. You know, which leads me to another. Um, topic I'd like to talk about, that is beauty. When you look at the California missions, they're gorgeous. The Franciscans, first of all, have a great eye for real estate. But one of the things that Sarah insisted upon was a garden. And he would plant in the garden flowers. And he would use music. In other words, he would employ beauty to attract the Indians to Christianity. And the reason I think that's so important is if we go back to the fourth century, I don't know if either of you have ever read uh, the Confessions of Augustine, mm -hmm. but Augustine, you know, who was, and we have a lot of Augustines in our society today, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. The, the, that Confessions is a transformative book. It really is. It, it's, a, it's a it's a wonderful book to read. I mean, any any Catholic should pick that. Any person should pick that up and read it. It's transformative. Right. And, and do you know where I was introduced to the Confessions of Augustine? And I went to Catholic grade school and high school. Where's that? Up, it was at Penn State. Really? <laughs> wow. It was, it was it was a class in Western literature, hmm. and. Uh, it was the first time I had ever been introduced to St. Augustine. 
But what Augustine writes in there, he talks about what it is that attracted him to Christianity. And he writes this, O beauty ever ancient, ever new, late have I loved thee. You know, so it was beauty that attracted uh, Augustine. And I think when we look out into the world, I point out into the streets in West Philadelphia, you know, there are a lot of Augustines in our world. I think in too many ways, we're still trying to evangelize as if, as if we're evangelizing the Aloysius Gonzagas of the world. <laughs> no, no. Hmm. But we're not. We're, we're trying to evangelize Augustines. And, and I, think the, I, think, I think we can learn a lot from someone like Caniparo's Sarah. I don't know if that all made sense, but, you know, in, in giving you an overview of, of what I did while I was out there. No, it's fascinating. It's just great. It's just great. And I, I'm inviting people. I'm looking at this PDF that you sent me, Father, St. Hinepro Cerro and the California Missions. Uh, and I would ask you, for people who are listening, can you tell us if, if they'd like to read this book? Is it available? I forgot to tell you something, too. The other night we had... Uh, Father Stephen DeLacy on our call. And uh, now he, I forgive me, Father DeLacy, if you're listening, but I think he wanted me to ask you something about the book, whether it was like when it was going to be finished or something like that. Yeah, you're laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I forgot what it was, but you'll have to tell me. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's funny. I really can't publish it because there's way too much plagiarism. Okay. But I only plagiarize from the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, you know, I, I gave a copy to the last Archbishop, Archbishop Pooh, and there, as you can see, the the, um, the photos in there are beautiful. They're stunning, and some of the artwork is amazing. But I, I couldn't use that for resale. I'm willing to give it to anybody uh, to learn. And I think it's pretty accessible, the book. I don't think there's like a lot of, I'm not capable of high theology. So, um, but there, there's just, there are too many pictures that I got off the internet for it. That would just, it would cost me a fortune to, right. uh, yeah, to go and get all the rights, right. To, to be able to, to get all the rights yeah. on that. So there is something to be said for royalty free, right? Yes. Oh, we deal with it. <laughs> all no, the I know. Time. You know what I mean by that too. <laughs> I yeah. do. I do. That's, but that's what father DeLacy was talking about. Cause he has a copy of it as well. And, uh, he said the same thing. A lot of people have asked me that, are you going to publish it? And I said, there's too much plagiarism, but I only, I only plagiarize from the best. <laughs> well at least you admit it so you're not lying in that respect that's right oh no not, not at <laughs> that's all that's right i know father um anyway yeah so there's so much there and i'm inviting people to learn about seeing junipero Cerro, and um, also the fact that father matt guckin went to california and spent quite a bit of time there how long were you there father that that was a great trip for you oh sorry i get i get uh <laughs> I get melancholy when I think it's just such, a, it was such a great time in my life. It's the best time of my life. Really the probably the best time of my life. Um, and I've had a great life. I spent, I put in for a year and I got six months. So I spent four and a half months in, um, in Carmel. Um, and I, and I kept a great journal, which I look at every day. Um, I spent two weeks in LA with a friend of mine, 
who's a priest in Los Angeles, just in Glendale, California. I spent two weeks in Santa Barbara. I could spend my life in Santa Barbara with the Franciscans at Mission Santa Barbara. And then I spent two weeks in uh, Rancho Palos Verdes, which is in the southern part of, of Los Angeles. And, uh, so I used those, I, I set that all up ahead of time and, and used those as uh, launching off points to go visit all the missions while I was out there. Hey, I, I have a question then. Somebody is listening. And I would say I'm included in this group because I'd love to go back to California and visit these places. But if somebody's listening and, and is thinking they'd like to make this trip, so would you have any specific recommendations? I know you said Carmel, that's a place they have to go visit. Um, is there somebody that they could get in touch with that you know or just some recommendation that may help them in planning a trip like that? Um, I think the, a good starting point would be the Sarah Club. Sarah mm. International. Um, while I was in Carmel, matter of fact, my first day in Carmel, there was a pilgrimage. They get a lot of pilgrimages out there, but it was the Sarah International that was doing a pilgrimage that was stopping at Carmel. It's hard for us, Anne and Bob, um, to, to understand just how much Sarah means. Like when we study, say, St. John Neumann here in Philadelphia. Right. Um, we think of the school system and him being the fourth bishop of Philadelphia. When you study Sarah, it's not just about the religion. It's about the very state itself. Um, and then there's just this, this romantic image. I mean, he came from, uh, from, from Spain and then, you know, traveled all the way across the country. And then just, they say he traveled about 25,000 miles on foot. Well, or on foot or, or on, a, on an animal. Um, it's just incredible. But those missions that he established up and down the coast, they formed the spine of the sixth biggest economy in the world. <laughs> you know, oh, really? The, yes. yes. California is the sixth biggest, the biggest economy in the world. Um, but his life was like incredible. He was he was incredible. He was an entrepreneur, but a real life, a real servant, um, and a tr and a missionary in the truest sense of the word. Yeah, Sarah's a he was a little man, but a real giant uh, in American history. As a matter of fact, if you go to the Capitol Rotunda down in Washington D.C., each state gets two statues to represent their state's history. His is one of them for California, and Ronald Reagan's the other. <laughs> hey, that says something. Now, I want to just spell his name out for people who have never heard of him before. So again, it is St. Junipero Serra. That's J-U-N-I-P-E-R-O, okay? And Sarah is spelled S-E-R-R-A. So, I mean, you have intrigued me so much to learn more about him. And it makes me want to go visit California. <laughs> so I think you've enticed a lot of us to enrich our faith and, and maybe make it a special trip if, we, if we're able to. We might not be able, I, to be able to spend six months, but yeah, maybe right. we can go out there for a couple of weeks or something. Yeah, I would say I visited all the missions and spent time at all of them to answer your question. Mm -hmm. um, I, would recommend, I, would, I would recommend three 
in particular to see, and they, they're, they're all very different. On the one hand, I think if you really want to study his life and, and enter into the beauty of that magnificent state, I think Carmel's a must-see. Um, hmm. Because he's, there's so much available. There's a great museum that's there in, in Carmel, at the Carmel Mission. The gorgeous courtyard. Um, and you're real close to the Pacific Ocean. Like, and, and in a beautiful little, um, uh, like almost like a half a crescent moon-shaped beach. Beautiful. Uh, that's where he's buried, and a lot of the archives are there. The second place I would recommend is Mission Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara is about 90 miles north of Los Angeles. Uh, it's, it's a decent-sized community, to be sure. It's known as the Queen of the Missions. It's a beautiful mission as well. Uh, I'm sort of partial to Carmel, but it's a beautiful mission as well. Um, and then I would recommend the first one that I went to. I just love it. I went there a number of times while I was out there. Someone Capistrano, where the swallows come back. Oh, I've heard of that one. Yeah. March, March 19, right around March 19. Mm -hmm. um, it's a beautiful mission. Yeah, really charming to be sure. And it's, they're all pretty close to the ocean with just a couple of exceptions. And then when I was out there, I mentioned a man, uh, Father Ken Laveroni. He was my director. He directed me and mm. pointed me in the right there. And so I would send him a copy of those manuscripts as I completed them. And, you know, it, it, he gave excellent feedback. Uh, and again, he was the a vice postulator for the cause. At, Canada, at the canonization of Sarah, you can watch it on YouTube. Um, there's somebody who actually hands the papers to the Pope at the canonization mass. It's Father Ken. He's a Franciscan priest, was a diocesan priest out there for 20 years, and for the last 20 years has been a Franciscan. Um, he lives at Mission San Juan Batista. And again, I could just talk forever, but Mission San Juan Batista is where the end of the movie Vertigo is filmed. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Vertigo um, with Jimmy Stewart. It's oftentimes uh, film experts will, will claim that's the best movie ever, for example. Mm, I have to look that one up. No, yeah, I haven't seen it. It's a real thriller, um, but the end of it is, is filmed there. And then there's Mission Dolores, which is another way of saying Mission San Francisco. It's right by the Dolores, Dolores River. It's in the Mission District of, uh, of San Francisco. It's the oldest standing building in the city of San Francisco. Uh, beautiful little mission, which is incredible given the earthquakes that they've had and the fires that they've had out there because of the earthquakes. So, uh, but if I were to name my top three to, you know, must see Carmel number one, Santa Barbara number two, Juan Capistrano number three. Well, I might come back to you again and ask you more questions because you have intrigued me enough to want to go out there, my family and I, uh, to go visit because I do love California from when I went and visited before and it just sounds wonderful. Hey, um, I have an idea. Now, I know you're going to do another series, you said, in addition to 10 plagues uh, for 10 days, and now you have the one that's coming up that you're working on, on the devil. Hey, why don't you do one on, on St. Hinepro Sarah? Yeah. I mean, I think this is a great topic that people would really be interested in. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, I, I'm always amazed at 
the people back east here who um, know very little of their, they call them our Junipero out there. I mean, it's really endearing. Um, I would agree with that. I don't know if that would be enough, it would be catchy enough to grab people's attention here mm. on the East Coast. Okay. But I would be glad to, oh my Yeah, gosh. no, I, I think would it, be glad. Because you're so enthusiastic the, about it, at him, uh, and, and I just think it would be a good, you know, we as Catholics need to stay educated about the different saints and uh, catechesis and, and ways that we can enrich our lives to be better people for God, right? I mean, so yeah, I just I think agree. it sounds like a good idea. And I, 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 <laughs> Not that I'm telling you what to do. <laughs> right. No, 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 no. I'm always open to, to ideas because that's how I learn. But again, that section I put in there, which wasn't my idea, by the way, Junipero Serra and the New Evangelization. By any chance, you know, Father Chris Walsh? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris, Chris is a, a, a good friend of mine. And um, when I was sort of getting ideas, putting ideas together before I went, because I knew I wanted to write a book. Or I didn't. I didn't want to write a book, but I knew I needed to like anchor myself every day to study, and that the, the fruit of that was the book. Chris said, "Father Chris said, um, why don't you write a, a section or a chapter on Hinepro Sarah and the New Evangelization?" And at first, I was like, "Yeah, that sounds like a good idea." But as I got into it, I thought, "Wow, there's a lot of." Um, I, I want to give you one example, but there was a lot of material that I could build on that. And I don't mean to um, I don't mean to offend either of you by saying this, but <clears throat> one of the people I interviewed was uh, Monsignor. Uh, I think his name was Monsignor Weber, but he is the archivist for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. A true character lives at uh, Mission San Fernando Rey, just outside of of LA. Anyway, he was he's written over forty books on Sarah's life. And Monsignor said to me, he told me a story where Sarah was speaking with an Indian chief. And in, as Sarah was speaking with him, the man started to go to the bathroom. And, you know, just really no civilization at all. Not that he was being um, disrespectful of Sarah. Uh, but instead, it was like, wow, there's, there's very little in terms of civility here. But the way Sarah handled that was Sarah continued to dialogue with the man and, and didn't just like sort of thumb his nose and walk away. Like, I think so much in our culture is, is and you know, I taught for so long, mm-hmm. you know, we've gone, we've regressed in terms of civility and it's very easy for us to thumb our nose at that and say, this is, you know, this is beneath us, so to speak. Well, Sarah didn't do that. Instead, he engaged it as Bob was saying earlier, like, okay, this is what we're dealing with here. Let's, okay, then we have our work cut out for us as opposed to like, disengaging and walking away. And I, I think there's there's things like that we can learn from Sarah, Hinepro Sarah, Saint Hinepro Sarah, and apply to current our current modes of evangelization. You know? Well I think I, I could be wrong, but I think what you're telling us that is that um we some of us 
all of us, I think we live in our own little bubble sometimes about the way people live and think and breathe and act and uh, culturally and all of that stuff. I mean, and um, you know, when we're, when we're trying to meet people and, you know, we, we are going to be offended sometimes, you know, and, and we are going to be uh, caught off guard sometimes and we are going to be uh, uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. Right. Father. I mean, we are going to be uncomfortable. And yeah, if I could just cut you off there and only yeah, because it is good. And it's not because the people are malicious. I think in terms of language today, you know, um, I mean, how many times do you just in the course of the day hear four letter words dropped around and it, you get so used to it that you don't even like see how profane it is. Right. But I, I also think it's not that people are malicious. It's just, th these are their, their habits today. And so <clears throat> rather than like just disengaging and walking away and living in our own little bubble, Sarah did not do that. Hinepro Sarah engaged that and had the virtue of patience to work with that and elevate people and really mm. vastly improve the standard of their wow. living. You know, and 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 I think we're all called in some ways to do that. Um, it's kind of getting out of ourselves, if I'm right, Father. I mean, um, and and meeting people where they are now doesn't mean that we have to become like everybody we meet, right? I mean, we're still who we are. We know right from wrong according to our faith, but um, you know, it's it's trying to walk with people, right? Accompaniment. You hear that word a lot, especially with our current Holy Father uses that word, uh, accompany, spiritually accompanying people where, where they are. Yes. So, and it's is, not just, it's not just, you mentioned according to our faith, right? It's also according to reason. Mm. And I think that's really important. If you go back to this past weekend's gospel, the second reading uh, was a plea for us to be able to give reasons for what we hope in, right? And so we should also be thinking through things like, and so for example, <clears throat> if we look at, um, we look at say the Beatitudes of Jesus. When Jesus says, blessed are the, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the land, right? I think we should try to make sense of that. Like, first of all, we have to understand what he means by meekness. And essentially what our Lord yes. means is having great self-control. Well, it's very reasonable and it'll serve us well to be men and women who are in control of our passions, that our passions are governed by reason. And that's just one example. So it is according to our faith, but I'm always looking at our faith and trying to understand, well, how is this reasonable? And how is this actually going to improve the lives of those who we serve? Yeah. That's a good goal. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I, I feel so enriched with this conversation. It makes me want to really learn more about St. Junipero Serra. And I know he has a big connection uh, with uh, priestly formation because isn't there this Serra organization and i know that father de Lacey and and others within the archdiocese of philadelphia are also bringing people into that organization if i'm correct he is yeah he's he's an amazing father de Lacey. he's going to have a church named after him sometime he's a bit of a hero of mine and a saint himself he um 
Yeah, as, as a matter of fact, Father asked me to give a talk to the Sarens on one of these Zoom calls, I think on June 19th, if I'm not mistaken. And he's asking me to, to connect, like, like you hear of the, the Sarah Club or Sarah International, and you forget that he was a person, that Hunipra Sarah yeah. was a person. And the whole point of Hunipra Sarah being the patron of such organizations is this, is that he was the very things I've been talking about for the past 45 minutes. He was, he was a driven man. Um, he was a missionary. Uh, he, he was a patient man. He was a man who engaged a culture that did not know Christ, yet alone believe in him. Uh, well, I think we find ourselves in a similar predicament in many ways in Western culture. Uh, Western civilization, and particularly in the modern world, like I, you know, we're looking at this COVID nineteen, and you know, I've heard priests say it's like people are going to come back in, in droves, and I'm not so sure. When we reopen for business, I'm not so sure we're not going to actually lose people, as their ha habits have become calcified in other ways. Like they kind of like it sitting home watching mass if they watch mass at all. Like. So I think on the other side of these, this lockdown, we may find ourselves in a more secularized society, you, right? So that's my pray prayer. to God we don't, right? <laughs> but yeah. but it could be, it could be, and we lift that prayer up to God that um that this pandemic will make all of us realize more that we do love church and the church and the sacraments and our priests and this faith life, right? I mean, I'm, I'm praying to God that, that it does turn out that way, but, uh, but we, it's better to be honest all the time, isn't it? Always. It's better to really just face the truth. And, uh, I know I like that about you, father. Well, it's, it's my favorite. My, yeah. I, I'm not like a Bible quoter. Um, God does not desire a holy book. He desires a holy people, but there's one section, one quote I do have memorized verse. I do have memorized. Uh, John eight thirty two, the truth will set you free. You know that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, look, I'm a weak man. I got problems. I got. <laughs> I was talking to a woman yesterday from California, who uh, said her family was was saying how dysfunctional they are, and I said, "Who's got a functional one?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it just it and then right from the yeah. get go, the first family was dysfunctional functional adam and eve mm -hmm. and then cain and abel i mean so like right from the get-go it's been one dysfunctional family after another <laughs> my own included because we're dysfunctional people it, it, to put it in like i don't know modern language um we're messed up do you remember that <laughs> book? Yeah, remember yeah. that book um thank god for god <laughs> thank, yeah that's a book that should be a book but i'm okay you're okay remember yeah that i remember book? that mm -hmm. i i want to write a book I'm not okay, and you're not okay, but that's okay. <laughs> How did I know I that would be the last line? <laughs> and I want to change my line to change my name to Jim McKay. Just I think it would be so fun. <laughs> I'm not okay, you're not okay, and that's okay by Jim McKay. <laughs> oh, Jim McKay. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it's funny. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Yeah. Yeah, they have to put it on Kindle or Audible for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. That's all good. Oh. We've had such great conversation, haven't we, Bill? 
Yeah, we have. This is uh, this is so much fun. And uh, and yeah, Father, I remember when you were at St. Pat's in Malvern uh, for for a period of time. I think I was in high school, going off to college, and uh, and yeah, just that joyful spirit that you have. It's so it's so wonderful. Uh, it's, it's so wonderful to encounter again. And uh, and so yeah, thank you for thank you so much for I mean, all your wisdom too. You've got great wisdom uh, about you know, of course, Hina uh, Bracera and uh, Saint Herman Bracera and, and all these uh, uh, just just great stuff. I mean, you know, I, I'm. I'm so excited uh, to just to get to reconnect with you, get to see you again. And, and, and hopefully uh, this will be one of many times you'll be on the program. Uh, you know, and it's It'd all be about, great. Yeah, this is all about hope. You know, that, Ann and I say that all the time. We did a, our very first episode. Um, and, and this whole thing, this whole program is a God incident. It really is <laughs> because. Yeah. Um, well, you know, our theme is you know, sowing hope, hope into yeah. broken hearts. And I said, when when I heard that, I said, well, I'm in because that's. Yeah, and and you've I done that, that for us today, Father. Theme. You've done that for us today. You know, you've you 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 know the, the other thing is all about stories, and you know the, Jesus teaches in stories. He tells stories, and and the the story that you've told us today is just is just beautiful. It's just absolutely beautiful. Um, thank you. And and so and so thank you for you know sharing a a, a cross section of your life. Um, and really a pilgrimage almost, you know, you, you really were on pilgrimage <laughs> more, more so than a sabbatical, right? Yeah. Hey, can I show you something real quick? I just have to stand up for a second. Yeah. Get this. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's great. No, father, for, for those listening to the program, uh, you're listening to the voice of father, Matt Duckin. Uh, he's a priest in the archdiocese of Philadelphia, but yeah, yeah you said I'm on a, you said I'm on a pilgrimage. I have this stick the right here. I, I didn't plan on on doing this, sorry, we have a couple of big hospitals, Children's Hospital and Presbyterian Hospital and the University of Pennsylvania Hospital. So we hear the sirens all the time. But this stick is a walking stick. Anytime you see Hinepro Sarah pictured, he has a walking stick. I got this in a state park out there called Garapato State Park. And I got it last March and I have it with me here. And uh, so I was on a pilgrimage. I. I uh, you know, it's it's one of these walking sticks that I got, and and I was out there, and I haven't let it go. So that's so. What cool. a great thing! What a great reminder! I know you're going to have that till probably till the end of your life. You, you can tell that it's a good reminder of the wonderful time that you had when you visited there. I think you're going to be going back again, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. You're go visiting. Yeah, I I, I would. I, I um, you know, it's it's this, this time of year we always um in Philadelphia, we're always on bit a, a bit of an edge because you don't know if you're going to get transferred or not, but uh, I'm not on edge. You know, you leave that to the Lord, but you just never know. If I wasn't, I would go back this summer, but I want this walking stick. Uh, I want to be buried with this. Um, <laughs> wow. I want this because it's just was such a great time in my life. And oh, Bill, I called you Bob earlier. I That's forgive okay. me for that. <laughs> my uh, it's my good. mistake. No, That's no, it. I, yeah. did you change your name by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's all good. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I, well, I, at least he has a new nickname. Right? Yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> I might call him Bob once in a while now. <laughs> yeah, so, you should have called me Mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, and give me good. another name too. <laughs> yeah. Amy or something. I always, like my, I've, got a, I've got a good priest. We'll make friend. a joke. Yeah, we're human. Yeah, we're all exactly. human. Sorry about I apologize yeah. for that. Don't be don't be at all, Father. It's all good. I, yeah. Uh, Please come back. I want you to come back to Sewing Hope Podcast. I would and, love um, to. 
Now, I want to mention to you also, Father, I mentioned at the beginning that I do have this new uh, TV show. Bill is also connected to it, too, with uh, Fiat Ministry Network called Journeys in Faith. It's uh, on, on Facebook and YouTube. That's another thing that, Father, you can be a guest or uh, anyone you know that you think might be interested that is a person that uh, would be a good guest. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. nice. Thank you. I have the name that comes right to mind, Father John Norderman. Yeah. Do you know him at all, Father John? Sounds familiar. He's in yeah. our archdiocese. Yeah, he's. Uh, it's unbelievable the work he's done at Lansdale Catholic. Uh, he does these Thursday night prayer groups. He's been doing them for a few years. And it gets like uh, 70 kids that come to it for Eucharistic adoration. Wow. And he even does it on, he, now he's been doing it virtually. It's incredible. The work is, and he, he was wow. at Penn State. He was at Penn State the same time I was up at Penn State, though we didn't know each other. Mm. But just a wonderful man, a great teacher as well. And John's just a, That's he so cool. is, John, Father John Nordeman has more integrity than anyone I've ever met. Mm. Wow. He's just an amazing human being, amazing priest. I'd love to invite him to be on this podcast and even on maybe on Journeys in Faith too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you for the recommendation. You're welcome. Yeah. So, well, have a blessed uh, everyone, a uh, blessed uh, Ascension Thursday, and we have Pentecost coming up uh, soon. Father, I wondered if you could give us all a blessing. So wonderful wow. to be with you. I will. Let's just bow our heads and pray for God's blessing. I ask Almighty God, God the Father who created you, God the Son who saved you, and God the Spirit who sanctifies you, to bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you both. Thank oh, you both for having me on. This was great. <laughs> yeah, so it was fun. fun. Yeah. And very educational, too. Yeah, we learned a lot. And, uh, and, and your Father, is there any, uh, any website, anything you want to give them, uh, any, any listeners that might want to uh, connect with you or be able to get in touch with you about, you know, if they're interested in a copy of that book or anything like that? Yeah, you know, I, I've never made that. I should make that available. I'm not looking to make any money off it. I'm just looking to proclaim the good news. And let me ask, are you going to put this on Facebook, this podcast, the link oh, yeah. to the podcast? Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. it'll be on Facebook. You know, if you put it on there, you know, you can put a copy of my book on there as well, because you have that link, right? Bill, can we put it on the, I can put it in the uh, show notes? Yeah. Uh, the show it. notes, yep. that might be the easiest way. Yep. I'll send it to Bill to put in the show notes. That'd be great. Yeah, because it's just, again, there's there's no charge or anything like that. But I think it is a good way to, to, to talk about the life of a saint. It's also, if you, if you do read it, it, it does, I do put some graphic images in there of the, the destruction that's been done to some of the, um, some of the missions. Just to give you an idea. Also, I do a nice, I think, a good job of um, of explaining colonialization as well. Yeah, no, that's great. So, yeah, look for that, listeners. Look for that in the show notes. Uh, you'll find it in the in the show notes of the podcast uh, the, of the uploaded podcast on on our on our Podbean. So, 
that's that's where you'll find more information about it. But uh, but yeah, no, I appreciate both Father Matt and uh, and Anne uh, for your uh, great time tonight and uh, and just being just being so uh, so faithful during these uh, tough times for our country and world. Uh, it's it and and just so uplifting and sowing that hope into people's uh, hearts. Uh, so so yeah, just really appreciate both of you and and thank you so much for um, all your all your time tonight and, and just, uh, and just fun and dedication to, to the Lord. So I really appreciate it. We appreciate you too, Bill. And thank you so much, Father Matt. Come back again. Thanks, Ann. Thanks, Bill. Yes. Well, this has been an episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. And so thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, until next time from both Anna Santos and myself, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today.